Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you all had a great weekend. Today is Monday. It was a beautiful weekend here in the Northwest, and you know, summertime is setting in. We're all having fun. We're doing our thing. Hopefully, we're keeping safe doing it and having fun doing it and uh, doing that all at the same time. I'm going to keep today kind of light. You know, it's a it's kind of a special edition. Tomorrow is Independence Day, or the, where we celebrate Independence Day. A lot of people don't know the Declaration of Independence was actually voted on and ratified on July 2nd. And then it went around the colonies to be, uh, you know, accepted. The news got out, the news went out, but it was voted on on July 2nd. Over the next three or four days or when the colonies found out about it and and countries in Europe and whatnot found out about it, you know, news didn't travel as fast and we didn't have the internet. And July 4th is when we choose to recognize it and celebrate it. And that is tomorrow. So obviously I'm not going to have a show tomorrow because I'm going to be uh, well, I'm going to be doing what you're doing. I'm going to be celebrating the independence of the greatest country to ever be on this earth. And I'm going to be spending time with with my family at my household, maybe celebrating, probably not so much on fireworks because we have dogs. Uh, we have two German shepherds. What's funny, you know, quick little story. I didn't used to mind fireworks and I used to kind of kind of, you know, give people a hard time. They said, oh, you know, my, I'd love to come out and celebrate with you, but I have to stay home with my dogs because they get really, ang- you get a lot of anxiety and really nervous around fireworks and that sort of thing. I didn't fully appreciate that because the dogs in my life never had a problem with fireworks. In fact, you had to be careful they didn't go grab them in their mouth and, and, and blow their head off. But uh, now I have a dog who does experience anxiety. She gets very big, mean German shepherd, but she gets very concerned about fireworks and needs to be close and have me close by. The other dog, not so much. He don't care, but he's kind of a derp anyway with anything, uh, both GSDs, but um, he's kind of a derp anyway. Hey, I spent my weekend doing uh, something that, that was a great honor to do, and that was being MC for an event, a fundraising event uh, with Matt Gates. And I think you guys know him, right? The the conservative powerhouse of Congress right now, leading the America First movement in the Freedom Caucus. So it was great to meet him and spend time with him and his wife Ginger. Uh, it was beautiful. His and this was for in, a fundraiser in in support of Joe Kent here in Washington State in the third district. Another great America First candidate who needs to join the Freedom Caucus. We're trying really hard to get him into Congress here this next term. He lost by less than one percent in 22, and we're really trying to get him there in 24, I think we're going to be able to do it and strengthen the America First movement and the Freedom Caucus so he can join the likes of Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Boebert, and others in bringing America back to the people and away from the special interests. Uh, Matt Gates' wife, by the way, Ginger, you know, she has a beautiful voice. I don't know if you know that, but she sang the, uh, she sang the national anthem Uh, for the event, which was, it was just gorgeous. I mean, it was a beautiful day, beautiful location on a lake at this great estate, tons of great people there. And you know, Matt Gates said, I love, I love coming up here in the Northwest. I had no idea. This is the coolest event I've ever been to. The people are so laid back, so real. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes on on, people get stuffy in different parts of the country. They just kind of, so I I was kind of happy to hear that because I always thought the Northwest was kind of stuffy, to be honest with you. But, um, Apparently we're not. And uh, it was, anyway, it was great to, to meet Matt, spend time with him. Of course, Joe Kent is who he always is. And both of these men are great patriots that we need to support. 
and as well as the other America First candidates and uh, Congress people that are out there because, man, that's how we change this country is by getting these people that don't go back to D.C. and cave to special interests, cave to the machine and get absorbed into the, uh, into the system, you know? As the as the Borg used to say, you know, resistance is futile. No, no, you got to resist. You got to resist coming into the coming into the collective because that's a bad thing. It's good to go against the collective. If people are talking bad against you, that's probably a good thing. We're going to talk about a few things today. Obviously, tomorrow's Fourth of July. Happy birthday, America! Woo-hoo. We're going to celebrate. Um, we're going to look at. I'm going to keep it kind of light though. We'll look at the Trump rallies because in in. in in the Carolina, because that was cool. That was very cool. A huge crowd. 50,000 is what the police estimated it at. We'll take a look at uh, Biden's slogans and what they are and what they have been over the years and maybe what they should be. We're going to take a look at the, uh, oh, by the way, Graham, man, he just got destroyed at the Trump rally. I'm going to touch on that. We'll take a look at the response to the, the Supreme Court rulings last week by the likes of AOC and Jen Psaki and Joy Reid and people like that, man. What a great week. Yes. Yes, conservatives for the win. Thank you, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is still affecting policy of the United States, even though he is no longer in office. It's incredible. It's just amazing. So let's let's jump right into it. I don't know how long the show is going to be today. It might not be too long because after all, it is it is a lot of people are taking today off. They're connecting it into the to the Fourth of July tomorrow and just taking a four day weekend. Can't blame you one bit, but I see, I enjoy doing this show. This has not worked to me. This is fun to me. This is, I enjoy getting my opinion out, releasing stuff, reporting information, hopefully reaching a few people that, uh, you know, aren't reached by other methods or at least providing a different take on things that are happening. And, um, that, that's what I'm here to do. So to me, this isn't work to me. This is just hopefully contributing to a movement. This was the overflow crowd, just the overflow crowd. This was not inside the event space at all this was just outside check it out massive just massive that's the overflow crowd here's an aerial shot of it check this out and that's just i mean look at that that is a lot of people. And the liberal media trying to say, oh, there was only two or 3,000 people there. You know, they, they made the pictures look like. You can't change the pictures. You can you can blow that up if you want and kind of uh, extrapolate from what you get in a square inch basis. That's how they do it. That's how they estimate crowd sizes. And it it's pretty easy to tell there was forty to 50,000 people there. That is not a lie. That is no mistake. And before Trump came out, Lindsey Graham, because he's from there. In fact, he, he he's not he's not he's from not far from there, and uh, people are questioning this. And I guess I am a little bit too. But one take on it, DC Drano was, you know, why did he bring Rhino Lindsey Graham out there? Well, first of all, man, this is his state, and you need the support of the GOP establishment there in that state to win it. And Lindsey Graham is a powerful, like him or not, and, and trust me, he, I, I'm no huge Lindsey Graham fan. I'm not. But he does have a lot of political clout, and he is a powerful senator, okay? So don't discount just because we don't like him, just because we think he's kind of swampy and kind of a rhino, which he is. Don't discount the, the uh, the you know, the, the, the connection there that needs to happen. All right, because it does need to happen. It needs to be there 
to some extent. And Lindsay's not all bad. I, I think he just um, he's just been absorbed into the uh, into the consortium, into the matrix, or whatever you want to call it, and has unfortunately become part of the machine. But there is an alliance that needs to be had between Trump and powerful players like that. But this was his reception in his own hometown. Check this out. For a second. Pickens County has more Medal of Honor winners per capita than any place in the nation. This continued. This continued throughout his entire speech. He never really did have a chance to get going because the crowd just was relentless. They would not give him a break. Let's let's compare that to how it was when Trump came out, as you can imagine. It was probably just a little bit different. Wow. Wow. And of course, he went on to gave one of his landmark speeches, one of his trademark speeches that he's become known for. And it was all about America first. It was all about making America great again. It was all about draining the swamp. It was about closing the borders, getting out of wars. All of the things that he accomplished when he was in office before the election got rigged and he lost. I don't like to say it was stolen because in order to in order for something to be stolen, it must first be possessed, okay? It was rigged before it even happened. And so it's hard to say that it was stolen. I, I like to say that it was rigged because when you're looking at the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop and many of the other things that went on beforehand, it's not necessarily what about, 
what it's not necessarily about what happened on election night and what happened with the tally afterwards or stopping counts in the middle of the night. Sure, that was all very sketchy, very not cool, and and definitely affected things. But it it was not the deciding factor. The deciding factor happened before election day even came, in my opinion. And here's Trump leaving the event. And this is why people like Trump. Look, think what you want. He is a people's president. He's not part of the machine. He's not part of the establishment. He's That's why they hate him. That's why they despise him and why they want him destroyed so badly because he's a threat. He's a threat to the establishment. He's a threat to the status quo. He's a threat to their power, a threat to their control, a threat to everything that they stand for which is for themselves, not for America. Donald Trump stands for the American people. He stands for patriots. He stands for everybody who's out here thinking that they got left behind and that our political elite have lost touch because they live in that little bubble in Washington, D.C. and don't remember who we are. Donald J. Trump, President Trump, gets it. You don't understand. He's been this way his whole career. I don't think, I know you understand that the listeners of the show understand. Many people don't understand. He's always been a people's person. Even as a millionaire developer, he enjoys being around people. Now, he doesn't always like touching people until he became president and that became necessary. He's kind of a germaphobe historically. But what he loves is communicating. Because he's a dealer, he's a he's a deal maker, he's a rainmaker, he's a machine when it comes to business and always has been. So to him, communicating with people comes naturally because that's who he is, that's how he became successful. That's why he's a people president. That's why people like him. That's why people vote for him. That's why the movement is so strong. That's why you have 50,000 people come out and cheer for him like that. You'll not see that ever, ever at a Biden event. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But this was Trump leaving the leaving the rally. Check this out. Guy is an absolute rock star. Absolute rock star. All right, moving on here. Um, let, let's take a look at, you know, the Democrats, man. They're all about words and slogans and, and coming up with new things and new ways to approach things. If something doesn't work, then they change and throw a new one out. The Biden administration has been famous for this. They've had like four or five different slogans since he first ran for president, right? It's from one thing, oh, that didn't work too well. It's not resonating with people. They have polls and everything. Okay, we're going to move on to this. Oh, well, that's not working too well. All right, so we're going to change it to this. We're going to change it to that. He's going on a tour this uh, summer. President Joe Biden, investing in America. So first they had, remember, build back, build back better. He doesn't talk about that much anymore, you know, build back better, because it didn't, first of all, worst slogan ever. It, it, it rolls off the tongue poorly. It, it 
it's not proper English. It's just it's just horrible. It doesn't even create a sentence. It's build a back better, build a back better. You know, man, horrible. They had another and the other one that he likes to use a lot. We're going to build America from the bottom up and middle out. So that's another big slogan: bottom up and middle out. Whatever the hell that means. It's not working. I don't know where where's the bottom and what do you mean by the bottom and where are you starting at the bottom? And and what what do you mean by middle out? What do you it, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because he can't define it. Another one that they use for a while is uh finish the job. That's his new campaign slogan for for the 24 campaign run. For now, until they realize that it's a ridiculous slogan yet again, and they change it. So finish the job. That's another one that they have. And now on their tour, they are going to go on this summer. If you want to attend a real yawn fest, something that's going to like, if you want to take a good nap, if you really want to get bored and, and and have a nice, peaceful place, quiet place to rest and, and nice talking, boring talking to put you to sleep, this is where you want to go. Investing in America, they're going to travel around the country. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, it, oh, featuring Joe Biden. Oh, boy, can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, President Kamala Harris. <laughs> okay, we got we got Kathleen Kamala. First Lady Jill Biden. Oh, great, man. She's going to put on her, her best drapery and go out there and show herself to everybody. Hey, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the second gentleman. What a manly man he must be. Janet Yellen, man, she's always a fireball to listen to, man. You listen to Janet Yellen for a while, and I get so excited, man. It's just warm inside. Right. Deb Holland. Oh, man, Tom Bislack. They got some real winners on this list. Moldell Cardonia. Yeah, and Michael Reagan. Eh, jerk. Gene Sperling. Mitchell Andrew. Oh, man, anyway, they're going to travel around the country, and it lists a bunch of the... the or, <laughs> bunch of states and locations they're going to and more depending on if joe is still standing or not or it's going to be like weekend at bernie's i'm sure they're gonna to have to carry him up to the podium they'll prop him up and uh say hey here's our president let's go ahead and cheer for him anyway here's some of the slogans that maybe might be more apt or more fit for the biden administration and, and for his re-election campaign how about this one settle for biden that would be a good one Come on now, you got to admit. Here's another one. The end of America. That's how he should run. I mean, it, call it what you will. They're, they're coming out of the closet. They're, they're showing you who they are and what they are. Here's another one. How about this? <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, of course. That's an old one. I know that's an old joke, but still, it's still pretty funny. Um, and then, of course, my favorite which is perfect for what they're doing and, and how they're behaving. Stop resisting. Again, those are campaign slogans. Out of those four, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, settle for Biden, the end of America, ebony and ivory, or stop resisting. Let me know in the comments and whatnot which one you prefer. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards stop resisting because it really shows their, their authoritarian style and what they're what they're up to and all that all that stuff all right so we've had fun with that let's get on with a, a little bit of um i was gonna do this a little later but i think i'm gonna do it right now because i'm feeling kind of spunky kind of sparky or whatever here's a little bit of weirdness uh this is extremely weird and and actually kind of disturbing um yeah uh, so dylan Mulvaney, yeah, 
Oh, running around like no woman ever does as he pretends to be one. He put this out and look, most women don't have five o'clock shadows and except for, you know, some Metro, you know, some public transportation bus drivers, but most women do not have five o'clock shadows. And this guy, he is either whacked out of his mind um, mentally. Well, I guess that's not a, that's not in question is he is whacked out of his mind. But in this video, he's either on drugs or possessed. I'm leaning toward demon possession. If, if you, if there are, I believe in God. I believe in heaven and earth. I believe there are demons, and I believe that demon activity is incredibly prolific right now throughout this country and throughout the world. America has turned its back on God. I think that's part, in fact, most of the reason why we are experiencing the, the hardships that we are and the downfall in our, in our great nation. Hopefully, we can rescue it. If it's God's will, it will be done. And uh, we need to pray about that. Don't forget that. We need to pray about this because it, it's important. And in the end, you know, it is God. It is God's will that will be done. But check this out. <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney dropped this. And uh, I'm sorry you have to hear this, but I, I heard it. So therefore, since you're watching my show, you need to hear it as well. Eight milli for Dilly. Eight milli for Dilly. Eight milli for Dilly. Eight milli for Dilly. Eight milli for delay. Good night. Thank you. That is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. That is real life, people. That that is not some horror movie. That's not the Amityville horror or the exorcist or something. I mean, that reminds me that that actually sends that scares me a little bit when I see that, that like when I was a kid, the, one of the worst memories in my mind, my, when I was like nine years old, my older sister took me to see the Amityville horror. I had nightmares forever. I couldn't, if I woke up at that certain time of night, whenever that was, when the demons came out in the house, I was, uh, it freaked me. It freaked me the f out. I could not go back to sleep. I couldn't do anything. That movie haunted me for years, even to this day, to some extent, really. And this, though, this is not Hollywood. This guy is possessed. Let, let's face it. I mean, that was. I'm not going to replay it for you. That is some weird ass stuff. Okay, you. you he was celebrating the fact that he has 8 million likes on Twitter, I believe. I can't, unbelievable. But um, his presentation there was something else, man. That guy, I don't think he's going to be in the spotlight much longer. I think his 15 minutes are almost over. I do not see it lasting. His soul has been sold, and it is gone, and um, they're going to drop him like a rock just as soon as he doesn't suit their purposes any longer here's another one unfortunately she's going to be with us for a while because somehow she snaked her way from the bar to the senate and um the house and and so here's what she had to say um the supreme court is far overreaching their authority i think she's overreaching her iq you have a bartender sitting here passing judgment on people who have been who, who are 
lawyers who have PhDs, people who have been <laughs> ruling over the law and the Constitution in most cases for decades. And here she comes. I'm coming from behind the bar into the House of Representatives, and you're overreaching your authority. <laughs> she's such a child, man. But the, you know, the thing about AOC is, is she just, she actually threw out so much rhetoric so consistently for a period of time that she actually believes what she says. She actually believes it. And she believes she's a star. She's look at that. Look, man, she looks angry more than anything. I bet she was a lot funner when she was behind the bar. She probably was flirting with people for tips and, you know, being happy and, and talking and visiting and being like a real person. And now she's just a, a, a piece of shit, you know, for, for lack of a better term. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. She came out and has some things to say about the decisions of the Supreme Court. And here's a little bit of what it was. Check it out. I'm going to talk more broadly about the court in a minute. But first, I want to ask about another decision this past week, striking down affirmative action programs. The two black justices on the court, Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, had a really blistering debate that we don't usually see in decisions. Mm -hmm. Here is part of what Justice Thomas wrote. He said, quote, Justice Jackson uses her broad observations about statistical relationships between race and select measures of health, wealth, and well-being to label all blacks as victims. Her desire to do so is unfathomable to me. It is an insult to individual achievement and cancerous to young minds seeking to push through barriers. Their race is not to blame for everything, good or bad, that happens in their lives. What is your response to that? I mean, what... Justice Clarence Thomas wrote there, I believe, is profoundly disrespectful um, to to I, I just think it was profoundly disrespectful to his colleague. It includes sweeping uh, assumptions about her worldview, whereas when you look at what um, what the response was from Justice Katanji Brown, we saw that her dissent was grounded in fact. It was grounded in the facts of the case. It did not disparage Clarence Thomas's overall worldview, but as a matter of fact, a, a, a nuanced critique of his analysis of the facts of the case. But for him to come out and insinuate that her opinion is due to some sort of inferior or less than... Uh, you know, less than than Spit it really out. thought out uh, of a stance. I think it's profoundly insulting, and um, and I think that he really demonstrated his character, uh, frankly, and and his worldview in that critique. Listen to her trying to sound intelligent is very painful. It's <laughs> that's a hard one to watch. But I, I I wanted to demonstrate first of all. The, the message of what she was trying to say, but then also her inability to actually express it. It's, 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 you know what's insulting is your intelligence. You know what's disrespectful is you treating the American people as if they're stupid and can't make decisions for themselves. She basically went up there and said that, that um, she said that it was profoundly insulting and disrespectful for Justice Clarence Thomas to say that black people aren't victims. That's it. When it, you boil it down, 
She said it's disgusting for Clarence Thomas to say that black people are not victims. See, because they like to keep the people of color victims. That's how they control them. That's how they get their votes. By convincing them that their only way out, their only way to get out is by a handout from who? From the Democrats. But it's just disgusting for her to get up there and say that the black people can only, they can only get up and get out if they're treated as victims. And she's mad. She says that Justice Thomas is disrespectful and, and insulting and whatnot just because this is a black man. A bl- not only a black man, but a black man who is attained one of the highest positions in the land, that of Supreme Court Justice for a lifetime appointment, thankfully. And I hope he has a very long life. We're going to hear from a couple of others. One would be, uh, you know, that woman, Joy Reid. Oh, Joy Reid, right. Check this out. This is one of the most... Talk about disgusting and insulting. This woman, well, I'm going to let you listen to what she has to say. Check it out. Well, let me just be clear. I got into Harvard only because of affirmative action. I went to a school no one had ever heard of in Denver, Colorado, in a small suburb. I didn't go to Exeter or Andover. I didn't have college test prep. I just happened to be really nerdy and smart and have really good grades and good SAT scores. But someone (laughs) came to Denver, Colorado to look for me. A Harvard recruiter flew to Denver, and I met up with her at the Village Inn restaurant and did a pre-interview to get to to pull me into Harvard. I wasn't I was pulled in and the and the schools like Harvard and Yale that I got into affirmatively. And it was literally not saying we're going to take an unqualified person and put them in Harvard. How sad of a person do you need to be and of a party to believe she's proud of the fact that the only reason she got into Harvard is because of the color of her skin. She's proud of it. And she's promoting that for generations to come. That not just her, but all people of color, the only way they're going to get in to certain universities is because of the color of their skin. Because you're too stupid to get there on your own. That's what she's saying. And the fact that she can sit up there and say, it actually, imagine that. Imagine being, imagine being proud of the fact that the only reason you got into a certain school was because of the color of your skin. If a white person said that, oh, why, yeah, yeah, you'd know exactly what would happen then, right? Candace Owens had this to say, Imagine if the NBA declined LeBron James because there were too many black people in the NBA and they wanted to they wanted racial diversity. So instead allowed Ed Sheeran onto the Lakers in his place. That is exactly what Asian Americans have been endearing for decades at Harvard. Look. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as long as we're celebrating our independence and the declaration of tomorrow. We're endowed with those rights. We're not guaranteed happiness 
or success. What we're guaranteed is the right to pursue it. And in order to do that, it must be a right that is equally applied, a right that we pursue equally, that everybody has an equal opportunity to pursue that happiness or success. But when you try to say that, well, except people of color aren't equal, so we need to treat them differently and give them extra support while at the same time excluding others, in this case, primarily Asians, and to a smaller extent, white people. That is not what this country is about. That is not what was intended or what's in the Constitution. That is not equality. It's not even equity. That's a bullshit term that they throw out. Oh, we need to have equity. Equity? Equity would be having everybody on the same playing field, able to compete for the same positions. Again, the right to pursue happiness, not the right of it. Big difference. Pranilla Jayapal, this extreme this extreme SCOTUS is a direct threat to our rights and our democracy. It's time we put our foot down. We must expand and reform the court now. The same AOC said the same thing. This is dangerous rhetoric. This is undermining a body that constitutes one third, an equal third, I might point out, of our system. Okay? Executive, congressional, and judicial. Equal. They don't have oversight over the Supreme Court any more than the Supreme Court has oversight of Congress. The Supreme Court's job is to rule on issues in a constitutional fashion, to protect the Constitution of the United States and ensure that that lives on regardless of what the executive branch or what Congress has to say. And I'm sorry if you don't like the makeup of the Supreme Court right now. You know what? We dealt with a liberal court for many years. And you didn't hear Republicans calling for expansion of the Supreme Court. You didn't hear Republicans saying that the Supreme Court was you know, calling into question their legitimacy. No. Because the pendulum swings. The pendulum swings in this country. Checks and balances. That's how it works. That's why it has worked for 250 years. So you to go up there and now question the legitimacy of a third, one-third of the branches of government, that's dangerous rhetoric there, boy. I mean, they're, they're, they're going after... Something that is it's destroying the foundation of this country and it, because half the people in this country kind of buy into that BS. Jen Pisaki, I don't talk about her much because she's not worth talking about, but uh, she's left the White House and she's gone in to become a political correspondent for MSNBC. <laughs> she has some things to say. Um, and... It's about the the trans thing and and you know Muslims and and the GOP and how the GOP is 
is encouraging Muslims to be against transgenderism as if they need that encouragement. <laughs> Check this out. So lately I've been noticing the reemergence of a very old GOP playbook that harkens back to President Richard Nixon's infamous Southern strategy. During his campaign for president in 1968, the Republican Party made a concerted effort to reach white Southerners who used to vote for Democrats by playing to their fears of African-Americans and the civil rights movement. And it worked. By pitting one group of Americans against another, the GOP successfully managed to split off Southern whites from the Democratic Party. Now, decades later, the right wing is reviving that same playbook this time with Muslim Americans and trans people. Hear me out here. The GOP is trying to recruit Muslim Americans, a community that makes up less than 2% of the US population, against another tiny marginalized group of Americans, transgender people. All right. <laughs> First of all, I wanna thank her for admitting that the trans community is a very tiny, tiny group. Okay, thank you for for stating that from your, I mean, it's glad, I'm glad they finally admitted it. There she is, Jen Psaki, sitting there admitting that the transgender group is a very tiny, tiny group. But here's the ridiculousness of what she has said. That Republicans are somehow encouraging Muslims to be against transgenderism. Excuse me, have you been paying attention? McFly or McFlyette, whatever the hell you want to call her. She is trying to tell you that the reason Muslims are against transgenderism and the promotion of in public schools, and I'm going to show you a clip about that here in a second, is because Republicans are encouraging them to be that way. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Call me crazy, whatever you want. Do Muslims not, are they not already against gayness and transgenderism and teaching that to their children. I mean, man, Islam, I mean, maybe I'm way off base. Maybe, maybe the extreme Islamists love gay people and love transgenderism and want all of their children to learn all about it and maybe even become one. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's what she's saying. Obviously ridiculous. It's an empty argument, just like all of them are. It's circular. Speaking of circular, should we circle back with you, Jen, on that one? Or maybe you want to circle back with us once you get your head screwed on straight? Because that was a pretty outlandish comment. <laughs> Horrible delivery, too, by the way. And then she had this to say. Now, if you can believe it, Laura Ingram is rallying Muslims against books in schools with LGBTQ plus themes. Us Catholics and uh, uh, other Christians, other people of faith have been waiting for the Muslims to step up on this issue. Yes. Yes, Jen, because the Muslims needed encouragement to be against uh, their children learning about transgenderism while they're in school. The Muslims needed the Republicans' encouragement to be against this because their faith embraces it. I mean, their culture just entirely embraces that. Now, I got a poll question for you people after listening to that. 
Because I don't know if you, well, I'm pretty sure most of you don't watch Jen Pisaki, and she doesn't get very many sound bites because she's horrible. She's no Tucker Carlson, that's for dang sure. The red hair is kind of a giveaway. But what, what is worse? Or I guess I should say, who does what worse? All right. Who does what worse? Karine Jean-Pierre as press secretary or Jen Psaki as a political commentator on MSNBC? You let me know. Comment on here. Drop me a message, whatever. I've got a poll up on my Facebook page too. Uh, but you go ahead and let me know. Who does it worse? Karine Jean-Pierre as press secretary or Jen Psaki as a political co commentator on MSNBC. You know, the one thing I get out of all of this um, and, and kind of where I'm going to, I'm going to close this up is that Democrats believe that, or at least they, they, they push it. And I, I think they probably say it so often they actually do believe it. They believe that non-white people cannot get ahead and that they can't think for themselves, that, that they're not capable of forming conflicting opinions or ideas or thought. Democrats believe that the only way non-white people can get ahead is with a handout, with different standards, that the only way they can get into a school are through quotas and affirmative action, which is unconstitutional. The Supreme Court says so. It's now law. It is, it is affirmed, if you want to put it that way. So who are the real racists? If you look at it from that perspective, they don't think black people can get into school unless they're, they're chosen, unless there's affirmative action. They don't think that Muslims would, are against gays unless Republicans encourage them to be so. They think that closing the border so that people from South America and Mexico and people from all over the world, actually, Chinese, Middle Easterns, that's somehow racist that we need to let them in and then give them services in order for them to be able to make it because they can't do it on their own. And I go back to this. The American dream, you know, it's kind of, not kind of, it is a dream. It's an opportunity it's an opportunity for happiness. We have the right to pursue happiness, not the right of happiness. That's what it says. And to pervert it and say that the only way that somebody can be happy in this country, the only way they have equality in this country is if we treat them differently because of the color of their skin is absolutely against every single thing this country was founded on. And our Constitution, Declaration of Independence and Bill of Rights. 
You can't have it both ways. I'm a constitutionalist. I believe that uh, it is what it is. It's not a living document. It says what it says. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, as far as I, as far as I knew, non-white people had life, liberty, and they're welcome to pursue any happiness that they desire. That's what America is. That's what America is about, and that's what we're going to celebrate tomorrow on July 4th. Biden has his slogans, man. Build back better, bottom up, middle out, finish the job, investing in America. They change them from time to time once they realize they're not, they're not uh, resonating with people. Donald Trump, going on seven years now, has had one slogan. Make America great again. Now, if you tell me that that's a bad thing, why has it lasted for seven years? Why does it still resonate with people? Why do people still want to make America great? And by the way, what is so wrong with making America great again? Because right now it's not great. Right now we have high inflation, high energy prices, high grocery prices. The world laughs at us. We're at another war. This is not great. We have an open border. We have people who want to give handouts to others based on the color of their skin. We have people that believe that if you don't think that people of color are victims, you are the racist. MAGA is the best slogan to ever come out of any political campaign. Make America great again. How can you argue against that? How can you say that's a bad thing? They're trying to call it hate speech. Heck, you couldn't even use the term MAGA on Facebook during the last election cycle. Excuse me, the presidential election cycle, so 2020. And the Biden campaign just keeps coming up with more and more and more. Anyway, hey, tonight I'm going to go see here, in just a few hours actually, I'm, I'm going to go see Sound of Freedom. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop one more little clip here because I think it's important. Uh, America First Patriot and, and someone who has taken a lot of grief for it, but he speaks out against it anyway, even though he knows that in the field he's in, that's going to him, make him a cast out. But here's what Bill Gibson had to say. Most disturbing problems in our world today is human trafficking and particularly the trafficking of children. Now, the first step in eradicating this crime is awareness. Go see Sound of Freedom. I'll be seeing one of the early showings today, July 3rd. Uh, the official release is tomorrow. Go see it. Go check it out. Um, go support your candidates, man. This this election cycle is so important, even in the primaries. We got to get the rhinos out. We got to get America first people in there. And we got to do what Donald Trump has been saying for seven years now, make America great again. Hey, thanks for watching. And if you've just been listening on renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast channels, which I'm on all of them, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. 
You can see all the videos that I threw up and all that sort of thing, uh, my new short haircut or whatever else you want to see as long as it's on this channel. So that's rumble.com slash the Nun Report. You can catch me on all the socials at the Nun Report, except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS or uh, TikTok or <laughs> Twitter. They both start with a T, right? Twitter, I'm Nun Report, at Nun Report only. Take the, the, the out or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can check into everything right there. One stop, one shop. Hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.